Hello everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri and as always I'm joined by Taylor Wells. What's up dude? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, trying to recover a little bit from the work week. It's been pretty crazy. So, you know, Mother's Day and all that. And uh, a very special shout out to all of the mothers out there. Uh, it is indeed Mother's Day, the day that we are recording. Uh, you going to do something nice for your mom? Uh, well, I took her out to dinner last week, and hopefully we'll, we we're planning on doing something like a, a spa day on another day, but today, unfortunately, things just aren't going to work out. That's, that's too bad. My mom doesn't live in the same city as me, so uh, we never do anything for Mother's Day. But um, Oof. I'm going to take Sam's mom out for, uh, for dinner tonight, and uh, she's out with her right now. I think they're getting their nails done or something like that, so... So yeah, a nice a nice Mother's Day, all in all. Um, so if, and if you are a mother or have a mother in your life, make sure that you give them a hug to let them know how much you appreciate them. And you know what would be even better than a hug is buy them a new Zelda game or something like that. I would appreciate it's that true. if I was a mother. Oh, yeah. And even if they're not, you know, Zelda fans already, hey, we can always add one to the pack. Absolutely. Um, you know, Zelda fandom starts from from the uh, the leaders of the family down so you know get them started early uh or get them started late so special shout out to all the mothers out there uh we got a good show for you this week we uh we're just going to do some light and breezy questions those are always fun um the next couple weeks are going to be absolutely jam-packed worth of content so we decided that we wanted to get a uh, a funner later episode out while we could of course we're going to have um our E3 predictions, and uh, that's going to be coming up soon. We're anticipating that uh, Cadence of Hyrule is going to be out anytime now, so we're going to have that show for you. And as well, next week, we are going to be talking about our favorite side quests in the Legend of Zelda series as, uh, as a special kickoff to the side quest week over at Zelda Dungeon. So all week, you can check out the site. There's going to be uh, different daily debates, features, everything that's going to be centered all around side quests in, in, uh, in the Legend of Zelda series. So make sure you uh, you check it out for that, because there's no shortage of uh, material to mine from. Am I right? I agree. Especially where Breath of the Wild is concerned. I feel like that game kind of just threw side quests kind of at you, almost like uh, seeing what sticks. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing too is we are uh, letting letting our writers define side quest. So there might be some some interesting stuff that you didn't think of that uh, that someone else kind of thinks of a side quest. Like, I I it's not a side quest necessarily, but I really enjoy just like zooming around at spirit tracks and blasting rabbits with the cannon on the train. I really enjoy that. <laughs> That's actually pretty. That's pretty neat. I I'm um, so I'm pretty fond of uh, helping out ye old vampire in uh, Skyloft, collecting all those tokens for him. That was that was pretty funny. Yeah, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good to see what uh, what different people come up with. So I'm excited to see that, and that is kicking off next Monday. So um, we're gonna we're gonna start off with a bang with our favorite side quests, and uh, make sure you tune in all week to check that out. Uh, before we get into the questions, just a couple of uh, quick things here to go over. Um, first of all, as we were as we were recording last week, there was a news story that broke out that said, it was a report that Cadence of Hyrule 
was um was expected to come out this month which i mean of course that was going to happen right oh so, sweet sweet irony yep so apparently apparently that is going to be on the way soon so i i don't know you know I'll, as always take those reports with a grain of salt but uh, let's hope that it's true there is a beautiful new true form midna statue from uh, first four figures and you know we're not the biggest midna fans here on the show but like man you can't deny how spectacular that looks um it's uh, it's quite expensive but if you're a collector then uh, it's it's a must-have I, i'm sure that we'll see that at moss's house when we go this year i wouldn't bet against it that that figure is a work of art for sure um nintendo also released their e3 schedule for this year so no surprise there they're going to be uh they're going to be taking the same tuesday slot as they did uh last year and we will have some follow-up announcements for that but before we get rolling into the questions i just wanted to quickly say that i saw detective pikachu and it was awesome oh no you it and was Josh, so good I feel... I feel like we're never going to hear the end of this for like the next three or four weeks. This, so hold on, hold on. This movie, if you are a Pokemon fan, this is for you. This is like the most giant love letter to, to Pokemaniacs everywhere. There was, oh, it, it was, it was so charming and so wholesome and so vibrant. Like, like watching these Pokemon come to life and seeing how good they look I can't stress that enough. These Pokemon look so, so good. Um, so yeah, I was I was really happy. I don't, I don't want to talk about it a whole lot, especially because uh, Gooey and I are going to be talking about it later this week on Virtual Theater, which I encourage you guys to check out. But man, just if you if you are even slightly interested in this movie, you you got to go see it. It's so good, and you get Pokemon cards after the movie's done. That kind of reminds me of the first Pokemon movie, right? One of the uh, the old special edition Mew cards. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that's why they did it because it's uh, probably yeah. It's kind of like a nice uh, tie-in or a nice homage, if you will. Um, so I, I have two Detective Pikachu cards. I have a Bulbasaur card, and uh, I got this Fairy Pokemon, but I can't remember what its name is. Actually, that was the only one that was kind of in the movie that I couldn't remember what the name of it was and i remembered and now i forget again so there you go but yeah detective pikachu man it was so good taylor are you gonna go see this i definitely want to it's it's just gonna be really hard i think because I, like in all the trailers i just can't stop hearing deadpool and pikachu's body and <laughs> it's kind of a problem but i'm definitely gonna go see it yeah I, to be fair this is kind of like ryan reynolds playing ryan reynolds but he has like he is the pikachu so that gimmick kind of sets it apart so it, it's quite good but like it's it's very ryan reynolds ish which isn't a bad thing at all so for what it's worth if if i were to actually picture someone being like pikachu i it probably would have been ryan reynolds i i can't really yeah I, <laughs> it makes sense from from a weird perspective i guess um, so yeah, can't can't put that movie over enough. Go see it. Go take go take your kids if you have kids. It's a it's a great movie and a great time. Um, but let's dive into some questions here. Are you ready, Taylor? I'm ready. All right. So these were collected from Taylor, and uh, what he did is he went into our daily debate queue. So these are the ideas that we have stashed away that you could um, be seeing on the site at some point in the future. But uh, we just jumped the shark and we're just going to answer them 
right now because uh, that's what we do here on the Champions Cast. So uh, let's take it away and start off with a bang. Question one, and there's 20 questions here, by the way. So we're gonna we're gonna do 20 and then call it a day. But question one: What Switch feature are you most looking forward to in the next Zelda game? This is a great question, I think, mostly because I still haven't really figured out all of what my Switch is capable of. So I, I'm wondering if there's like some, some hidden gems that Nintendo really hasn't revealed to us yet over its two-year lifespan that they might include in a future Zelda title. Well, this it's a confusing question because like, like I feel like I know the Switch features. Its portability, obviously, is, is the big selling point, and then... You know, you've got some lesser features like, like HD Rumble, but I mean that's nothing new. Um, so I mean, I, I guess like, I guess like uh, for any feature that wasn't already included in Breath of the Wild, um, I don't know. Maybe they could find a way to like, uh, to I don't know. Maybe play. That'd be cool if they came out with a a way to play the DS games, but play them vertically, and you have the Joy-Cons detached. I know that there's a couple fan-made mods that kind of let you do this. They they let you play the Switch vertically. So that'd be cool if Nintendo kind of embraced that and maybe did the same thing with some of like the, the DS Zelda games. I, I wouldn't be mind cool. seeing that. Yeah, or even like, or even like if you, like if you had a game like uh, let's say Mario Maker. But you you wanted to go Zelda Maker, whereas like the um, the the touchpad on the Wii U was kind of central to how that game actually functioned. You could still kind of if you played it vertically, it'd be a lot easier than like splitting and pausing every second to move stuff. I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, I guess uh, I'm just looking forward to the next Zelda in in any kind of capacity on the Switch. So there you go. Yeah, me too. And honestly, like the Switch is, I think the most advanced. Um... Nintendo console, like in terms of its com- comparison, like comparing it to the current generation of PS4 and, and Xbox One, I think it's the closest since uh, since the GameCube, in terms of its its competitors. Yeah. And you know, speaking about the those touch controls, like that's something that I haven't seen a whole lot used with the Switch yet, and I kind of want to see more because if we think about it, the Switch is kind of like the ideal. Uh, combination between the uh, the the DS or the 3DS and and the Wii, so I, I definitely would be interested in seeing kind of like what they could do with touch controls in, in a Zelda in a, in a con like a main console Zelda as opposed to just you know the the handhelds. Uh, so number two. Are shrines a good substitute for dungeons? And this is certainly a can of worms um, among Zelda fans. I think that uh, all of us would be, you know, I think it's realistic to say that the dungeons in Breath of the Wild were underwhelming. I personally think that the shrines do compensate a lot for that. But as like a straight up substitute, would I rather have a bunch of great dungeons than a bunch of miniature shrines? I probably, I probably would. Um, I probably would, but, um, you know, I, I'd rather have those diverse themed dungeons than, um, than kind of Breath of the Wild style dungeons where they were all kind of the same gimmick and you had to rotate the, the divine beast and whatever. So, um, and then the shrines, they, they weren't, they, I mean, they were to an extent themed and, and different, but they were still, 
you know, a lot of them look the same. A lot of them have the same music. So, yeah, I, I don't think that they're like a one for one substitute. I think that they augment dungeons, but not as a as a substitute entirely. No. That's what I would say is that they're not not a not a substitute, but more like a a good addition mm-hmm. to to some solid dungeons. Yeah, I I think we're on the same page with that. Um, okay, number three. Should there be a full crafting system in a future Zelda title? I think yes. Um, I this is kind of I think a controversial topic amongst people because you have the, there are a lot of fans who kind of want things to be a little more simplistic and old school Zelda, and where you go and you get an item and you use it to accomplish whatever you're goal it is and you 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 don't want like um, a longer more intensive process than than necessary and then on the flip side there are those fans who are like well i would really really like to kind of get in depth and like maybe explore link's ability to you know do things outside of being you know a medieval knight slash hero type thing and kind of like maybe explore smithing or or cooking like i i love the cooking feature in breath of the wild and i really hope that returns in the future zelda game so i would say yes um i would say yes but i, I feel like a lot of the crafting is already in place in breath of the wild like you just mentioned cooking you can upgrade all of your different tunics and stuff like that i don't know that we need like like a full full in-depth um like skyrim style like customize your own armor and stuff like that i don't mind the idea of getting armor and then being able to upgrade it and stuff like that and i think that we already had that to an extent in in breath of the wild i I wouldn't mind i guess maybe you know upgrading weapons or stuff like that to make sure that they don't break or like putting in putting in more work into your weapons to to make sure that they have longevity so i i would take it i would take it further i don't know if i'd take it like as as deep as maybe like a like a Dragon Age or a Skyrim though. I think that would be a little bit much for me. Well, now that you mentioned that's that's the other kind of downside of many crafting systems in video games is that, you know, either the stuff you craft ends up being worthless or the stuff that you craft ends up being way better than the things you find out in the world. And with Zelda being such a I don't want to say an item-focused game, but it, you know, items and 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 their uses definitely have, you know, a, a a certain focus in the games. And I think that you know, if you if you start end up, if you end up having a crafting system and where, you know, you create you create all these items and then they just solve everything for you, and then it, it doesn't really matter what you pick up or find. Yeah, that's that's probably a downfall. But if you could find some sort of, like, happy medium, I think that's where I would most be comfortable with it. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I'm, I'm more of a fan of, like, when you're playing a video game, rather than, like, materials in general being um, what's used to upgrade your stuff. I like I like finding, like, I don't know, I'll use for an example, like, like rare ore or something like that and it's like it has no other use except for upgrading your items so because that way you don't hold on to anything for too long so well, yeah what I, about I agree this? With what about this what like uh maybe like a system kind of like uh materia in final fantasy 7 you think that uh, could work out well in a zelda title i don't well i guess it could because you could you could augment Link's different, like, attack abilities and stuff like that. I think that's also, like, 
like if you're going to do that, like you pretty much have to have a skill tree or something like that too to to assign values to his different properties, like his strength and stuff like that. I I think now that I say that, maybe not. But I don't know. It's hard to say without seeing anything in action, right? Right. And you know what? I guess I'm, I'm always open. Gonna do it, yeah. yeah. And if anyone's going to do it and, and kind of show us, you know, how it can a good be done, kind of in a unique yeah. style of being Nintendo, yeah. Um, so the complete opposite side of that. Number four. Could another Zelda game benefit from the inclusion of aliens? I think a la... every Zelda game could have benefited from the inclusion of aliens. Are, are we talking about aliens that abduct cows and perform unnatural experiments on them? Or are we talking about, like, aliens such as the ones that fight predators? Well, you never saw the aliens that abducted the cow. I Actually, I guess you did. I take that back. I was going to say, they, they, could have been, they could have been predators. But I guess they weren't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I I think I'm always open for any kind of aliens. I'm a I'm a sci-fi kind of guy. I'm a sci-fi nerd, and I think you I can make think... I think you can make it work, or you could just make it funny. Why not? I I think Majora's Mask kind of did a perfect combination of the two there, but I you know I'm I'm a sci-fi nut, nut too, but I think I think aliens in Zelda are best relegated to side quests. Maybe not make a full game or feature of it, but they could definitely be included again. I think. Hold in up. some way, shape, or form. How cool would like a space dungeon be? Where like you had a galaxy themed dungeon. That would be so badass. Yeah, but then it would it kinda doesn't feel like Zelda anymore. It feels like Zelda Wars. I think you could do it and make it feel like Zelda. How? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but like um I mean I know, don't mind Breath the of the idea Wild of Link is a going a little bit more towards sci fi and it like I mean, Breath of the Wild had lightsabers, pretty much. True, that is true. So uh, I think and aliens Guardians. are the next logical step. So there you go. Maybe the aliens are the reason, the real reason the Guardians turned corrupt, and it wasn't Ganondorf's power. Perhaps. Um, that's a good theory. Number f- number All the five of Guardians. Number five. Which mini game is the most difficult slash infuriating? Of the series. I've got two answers, but you go first. Mm. I would say probably the Sabrosia dance that you gotta do in the Oracle games. Oh, good answer, actually. That that one's not very fun. It's like it it's I, I like the idea of it, and it was really fun the first time I tried it, but then when I subsequently failed it eighteen times in a row, it was not as fun. And yeah. I don't know what it is about that particular mini game, but it is just it's beyond beyond difficult for me personally. Uh I okay, I, that's a good one. My my first one is anything with gyroscopic controls and I'm specifically thinking of Breath of the Wild when you have to move that stupid ball through the maze to um oh. <laughs> to get it into yeah. the other platform and it's like you you look like you're contorting your body to have your joy cons all up and like it's just it's horrible because you it, they never work for me i i just i hate anything uh gyroscopic it's just absolutely terrible and then second and this falls under the infuriating is any time that you need to play the spirit flute and spirit tracks and you need to blow into the stupid ds yeah terrible just terrible 
that that I, was pretty bad. I, I feel like, and Skyward Sword may be the exception here, but if you can't do it with simple controller in the game, don't do it. You know? Just don't do it. The game makes you feel like you're suffocating at any point. That's that's probably not a good thing. Yeah. I, I hear here's a question for you. Did you uh when you were doing the the maze motion control puzzle, did you eventually get frustrated enough and then just flip the panel over, just do it flat way? Yeah. I uh <laughs> I flipped it that's over. How I, do I think it. there's a couple of those that, that are in this game. And the first one, I ended up flipping it like right away. Uh, yeah, and and I did it that way. And, and the second one, I just I couldn't get the thing flipped, so I ended up just like schmoing around with the with the platform for like it seemed like forever. It was probably only about fifteen minutes, but like I I finally got it, and I was like, oh my god, I just never want to do this again. Actually, I don't know if you remember playing Super Mario Galaxy or not, but there is a there is a star in that game where you don't move with the uh, with the control or with the with the joystick on the on the Wii mote. You move with your Wiimote itself, and you're on this ball, and you have to, like, use that as your, for how fast you go, you, it's kind of like, it's kind of like driving a car, like, you push the, you push the stick down if you want to go faster, you pull it back up if you want to go slower, and, like, you go left and right, and it was just horrible, like, God, get that, get that out of there, you know? Definitely. I hate, I hate yeah, controls like I, that. I, I, I don't mind motion control puzzles, but, like, at least make them kind of functional first. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just not my thing at all, which is, which is like, a throwback to the great Super Monkey Ball games because, like, those games knew how to do that kind of walk the fine line between, like, you're still, you know, you're you're controlling with your controller but still on a tight rope with, with movement and stuff like that. Like, that was fun. I felt like I was in control with this one. This one, I felt like if I hiccuped, then I was just totally toast. Which is not, oh yeah, which is no, not totally, fun. absolutely. I did hiccup a couple of times, and untold horrors yeah. happened to to my controls. Uh, difficult slash infuriating for sure. Um, so number six, what would you think of a female Ganondorf? And I'm not sure about this. I I think. You know, before Breath of the Wild came out, we had that just kerfuffle about should Link be, you know, should Link's gender be selectable? You know, should you be able to choose as playing a female or a male version of Link? And, the whole uh, thing. Yeah, I, I don't even want to get into that because that's just, uh, I think that still sets people off. But, like, a female Ganondorf doesn't really work because Ganondorf is the same Ganondorf throughout the whole thing. So it's not like... You know his his evil essence is going into different people. I think maybe the question should be, what would you think of of demise's curse, if you will, in a female form? And in, if that's a question, I would be fine with that. Okay, well th- then let's roll with that question. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think I'd be fine with that. Um, I I think I think that Ganondorf probably shouldn't come back and i know that we caught some flack for this last time that we talked about this and everyone was like oh that's like having mario with no bowser but they obviously didn't listen to our reasons behind it but um yeah i i think that i think that ganondorf has like a start and an end to his character arc and they've reached that end in uh in twilight princess and he doesn't you know i i don't think he needs to come back you can have a new 
you can have a new villain that's that's got the uh, the the demise curse in him, or like maybe the the calamity Ganon curse in him, or something like that. And uh, you know they can take the series from there. It's kind of like how Metroid does it. Like the first three games were all about Mother Brain. The the Prime trilogy was all about uh, Dark Samus, and then you had the uh, the newer trilogy with with the X Virus. So it, it's they they kind of like go through their villains. Yeah, I think every time this kind of question comes up, and it happens a lot in fiction, you know, whether it's through comic books, you know, Zelda, what have you, you know, there's there's always the question of, oh, well, could we turn this character into a female? Or in some cases, they, they just go ahead and do it. And my question is always, like, what is the point? Because if you're trying to... And in this case, we can argue that Nintendo was trying to cater to, uh, you know, a demographic and a, and a crowd when they came up with Linkle because, like, there was really nothing to her character outside of, you know, the the introduction and the fact that she's playable in, in Hyrule Warriors for the DS and then the Deluxe Edition. So if if your point is just to, to cater and, and not actually make something of it then i don't know i i don't, I don't see the point in it i feel like well why don't you just create a new female or male or neither character and just you know make them really cool and have and create their own story and do that kind of stuff instead of trying to like just convert older characters that's just going to create backlash amongst people you know, I, I feel like you can avoid a whole lot of just, you know, obstacles and, and just troubles that you're going to pose for yourself with your own fan base by by doing that. I mean, the problem with with having, like, a new, like, let's say a, a quote, female Ganondorf, and this would be a problem even if they did, you know, create a new villain, but, like, especially if it was a female version of Ganondorf, let's say that she was a female Gerudo uh who was, who was evil and trying to destroy the world, like, you're always going to be compared to Ganondorf, right? And you're never, you're probably not going to come up favorably because Ganondorf has that, that uh, lineage behind him or all that, all those years of, uh, of uh, prestige and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think it's I better think just to create someone true, new. Though. All right. That's not necessarily true, because look at it from this standpoint. You know, you've got, I mean, granted, these are male characters, so I guess if you, if, you know, you're you're nailing me for, for using this as an example. I'm sorry, I'm just working with what I got here. But like Girahim and Demise and Zant. So now granted Zant got the short end of the stick and it really sucks because leading up to what ends up happening, Zant was amazing. Like Zant was a great villain and I found myself not really caring too much about, you know, whether Ganon was actually gonna be in the game or not. And, you know, I was happy right. with Zant being the bad guy. Same thing with Girahim before Demise shows up. And then when Demise showed up, I was like, holy crap, Demise is even better than Ganondorf. And, of course, you know, people might say, well, that's because he's the godlike form of Ganondorf. I'm like, well, so what? It, you know, you didn't know that until the very final moments or until the twist or whatever. So it's not like you can't compare these villains to Gandorf and have them actually be really, really good. Or even better, Vadi. Vadi started no, I, I think, off as I think just you're some... Missing, let, me, let me interrupt you for a second. I think you're missing my point. It's um, I, I agree with you. Those are all amazing villains. 
and they they definitely stand on their own. I'm saying what I'm what I'm saying is like if you had a like a female version of Ganondorf or something like that, or you had let's let's say let's say Ganondorf's descendant or something like that. I I think that you would that you would run into the problem of if you have that version of Ganondorf that's just a female instead of a, a new standalone character like Gearheim or like or like Vadi, it's like it's easier to compare them to Ganondorf is what I'm saying. It's harder for them to step out of that shadow. Right, and and that's why I mean my argument is always like create the standalone character. Don't try and create copies or create you know mm-hmm. these alternate versions of these characters because not only does it you know present a whole bunch of problems narrative wise and and figuring out okay how do we best accomplish this, but you know also divides your fan base, divides you know divides the the work up between determining okay well. Could this time have been better spent, you know, creating an an actual character? You know, you, you, right. you can so I, slap... I think we're I think we're on the same page. We we we've yeah. out there, but yeah, it's uh, you know, let's I, let's not get let's not get too too deep into it. But I I think that yeah, I, I would rather have a new standalone character, male or female, and because uh, I, I really do think that it's time for a new villain in Zelda. I really do, especially after Calamity Ganon and what a disappointment that was. Well, hey, you know, we've always got Naburu. She could totally be in the next Ganondorf. They'd have to find a way to corrupt her, but... But Naburu... I mean, Naburu's already there. She's 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 a unique character. Yeah, she, but that's, that's my point. She's a Grudo lady. I feel like she would be compared and contrasted to Ganondorf far more than an original, like, character would. You know what I mean? That could also, but she is an original character, so you can't make that same argument. But what you could say is that Naburu, as part of her story for, like, making her be the new villain, be like her, um, maybe her need to cast off the yoke of, of Ganondorf, of being able to say that I am better than this this jackass who lived, you know, a hundred years ago or whatever. And, you know, he failed, I'm going to succeed or whatever. You know, there's a, there's a number of different ways you can take it, I think, and be okay. And because she well, already started I, off as I, being I guess, different from Ganondorf. I guess I also don't like immediately lumping another Gerudo person as a villain. Uh, like, I'd rather, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you see them in Breath of the Wild and they're, you know, heroic and, and brave and stuff like that. So I just feel like it's kind of... I don't know. I I think we could do better. I I think that you could find like some really interesting old Sheikas as villain, as or can as villains. Make Rudo a villain. She already is, according to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely um, me. Speaking of though, question number seven: um, Should Impa be a DLC character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? Hmm. Mm, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no, at this point. There are other characters I would rather have from Zelda in in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate than Impa. Impa, I feel, would be too close and too similar to Sheik. Right. She would have been a perfect Echo Fighter, and I wish that she would have been an Echo Fighter. And and I think she should have been an Echo Fighter, but she wasn't, and it feels like that was her chance, and that has passed us by, and uh, Sakurai's already said that every character... That is going to be part of the DLC roster is going to be an original character with original moves and an original stage. And I just don't think Impa fits in there, and I don't think that she should. But Groose, we do think he should. 
Yeah, yeah, Gris could totally fit in there, I think. Because, yeah, Impus is, she's, very, she's pretty much like Sheik, right? Huh? I mean, like, Impus pretty much just like Sheik, right? Like, she doesn't she doesn't have that many I mean... moves. Gris, I could think of a ton of moves for him. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, fundamentally speaking. Um, they, they're too similar of characters, yeah. Let's let's just leave it at that. I also don't think that this is Groose's time, though. I think if Skyward Sword HD was coming out, you know, around the same time as this, then maybe that would help. But uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen anymore. It. Yeah. Well, I think I think we can go ahead and say that that probably is not going to happen in 2019. No, but it could though. happen in 2020. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here's hoping, but I'm I'm sure that we won't still be rolling out uh, Smash Bros. characters in 2020. Or maybe we will not. at this rate. Who knows? Um, maybe anyways. this really will be the ultimate Smash Brothers. They'll never update it again beyond, or release another one beyond this one. They'll just keep I'd be updating fine with that it if they forever. just kept on updating it. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Um, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate in perpetuity. Number eight. What popular and well-received Legend of Zelda fan theory do you personally loathe or not agree with? And I'll let you take the lead on this. Oh my god, if I have to hear the Link is Dead theory one more time for Majora's Mask, I'm going to probably shoot myself. I I can't stand it. There's just like, I get why it started, and I get how it started, but... You spend 10 minutes researching into this, and there's so many holes in this theory that I, I don't I don't get why it took off so so like fast and why even even to this day, there's a large amount of people who believe in it, despite Nintendo themselves coming out saying this theory is false. <laughs> uh, Nintendo said a lot of stupid things though over the years, to be fair. Uh, officially I'm not denying and stuff that. like that. So I'm not denying that, especially since I wrote an editorial about that last year. But <laughs> that being said, when it comes to stuff like that, like when they're directly addressing a certain concern or something like that, like especially when it's a long standing theory, A that everybody has already or not everybody, but like a good majority of people have said, Look, it ain't a thing and then Nintendo themselves comes out and says, yeah, it's not a thing. I don't know. I, I, I'm okay with uh, with airing on Nintendo's side for that one. Well, mine should be no surprise to you and no surprise to anybody that's listened to this show for, uh, for a regular long-time basis. I hate the Legend of Zelda timeline just in general. I, I, <laughs> I hate it. It's so dumb and it's so it's one of those things it's like everything doesn't need to fit exactly into a perfect place like um breath of the wild is part of this timeline or that or whatever it's like who cares it's it's a zelda game with references to everything it's uh, you know the whole the whole premise of a legend is that it's you know could be kind of embellished could be kind of not you know it's just like I understand that people think that it's fun and that the references to past Zelda games are fun and I enjoy them as much as the next guy, but I like to actually like sit down and just like hammer out like 
like clues and stuff to see which game falls into what timeline like who cares i i don't know i just like when i see a video and it's like we found proof of breath of the wild fitting in this timeline i just like literally roll my eyes right back and i'm like okay you know that's uh, cool so uh, maybe maybe that's just me baby i'm just a debbie downer uh, about that but like i, I just it's like it's so arbitrary like who cares you know, I, I mean, I mean, I guess a lot of people do, but I sure don't. So there you go. I think, I think it appeals along the lines of to, I guess, people who are more into kind of like linking plots together and and enjoying the concept of Zelda having an overarching plot and having a a linked realm kind of thing. And I I won't lie. I I found a lot of the the original debates to be interesting, but at the same time, like you actually remind me of of one of my friends who I had a similar debate with um, when I was nineteen, uh, right before Skyward Sword came out, and you know it, it it's understandable. I get it. It's like why bother? Why care? But I don't know. I think this it, this is my this... analogy. Do you remember a couple years ago when like. It seemed like every single movie in the world was trying to be part of like a shared universe and they lost sight of making a good movie because they wanted to make sure that the sequel was set up and the sequel after that was set up. The Marvel effect, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like Legend of Zelda doesn't need to be the MCU, man. Like, I don't need like everything to flow perfectly into the next thing. I, you know, I, of course I like games like Skyward Sword where it's like, you know, this one is the first one and it's the prequel and it's where it started. Like, I like that. I think that's really cool. Or like games, sure. games like like um, Ocarina of Time, which show which you know show a great war that's been talked about before. Like like I like that, but it's definitely not the end all and be all to me. I just want like that super solid Zelda experience, and uh, you know that's that's all I need. I don't need I don't need everything to like fit together exactly perfectly. I guess so. I I feel like I you know I I, I sometimes feel negative. Like, I'm being negative about that, but, like, I don't know. It's just, like, I just, I just don't, I don't care. And it's, like, the the downfall timeline especially, it's, like, what? I didn't, I didn't lose to Ganondorf. What are you talking about? Get out of here. Yeah, so but I think go. that's, again, uh, like, us as players putting ourselves in Link's shoes, which, granted, we are totally meant to do by Nintendo, but... You know, like, when they're creating a timeline or people are creating a timeline, you know, I, I, I guess I understand why people are like, well, you got to separate yourself from it. Like, you know, not everybody not everybody beat Ocarina of Time or, you know, not everybody beat him the first time. I don't know. It, it's a mess. I, I think no matter where you lie, there's going to be something that, that suits you yeah. in Zelda, and I think that's what brings us together. But it's definitely a hotly contested uh, topic, for sure. Um, number nine, are there any Zelda-inspired games that you like more than actual Zelda games? Yes, several. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I'm trying I would to say, remember. I mean, go ahead. I, like I'm just thinking, like you you rank Zelda games on the Zelda scale, right? Where it's like it starts at an eight out of ten and it goes to a ten out of ten. Uh, I think of games like Blossom Tales or Okami. Or, um, that's another good one, Hyperlight Drifter. I think of those kind of games, and I, I really, really like them, and I would, you know, I'd rather play those than play Adventure of Link, for example. So, 
Yeah, I think that that's a, a fair statement to make. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're dealing with any series that's been running as long as Legend of Zelda has and has inspired as many titles as Zelda has, that there are bound to be a few that rank better than some of the, the lower ends of the totem pole, or maybe even some of the higher ones. You never know. Mm-hmm. I just started playing Okami on my Switch, actually, and I bought Okamiden for the DS, so I'm excited to, to play that. I've never played that one before. You have to tell me all that. about what you think. Yeah, it'll probably it'll probably be on an inspired by Zelda in the next couple months. Oh, I'm I'm pretty much gonna be grinding through my marathon games from now till July, but after that I'll get back on track. You know, I'll I'll actually name drop a specific specific one for myself, and you know I kind of count this as inspired by Zelda. I don't know how many other people would, but Shadow of the Colossus to me was a um, it it definitely I smacked. Think the, uh... of- some you know what? Things. We just had an editorial come out on Shadow of the Colossus actually last week, I want to say, um, and it was very, very well written. So you should check that out if you're a fan of that game. I think that's a great game too. Yeah, so I, it it really incorporates a lot of cool stuff, and I think um, for not being a Zelda game, it it incorporates a lot of Zelda things in it, and it plays wonderfully. It's very, very beautiful and. I think it definitely qualifies as better than some Zelda games. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, number 10. Provided that Skyward Sword HD is eventually made, would you have it where you can choose between motion controls and regular controls, or just keep it as strictly motion controls only? I think that you have to make it a choice between both at this point. I think that would go a long there's... way. Yeah, there's no question. If you don't do it you're going to be alienating a good chunk of people who have really really bad memories of skyward swords original Mm -hmm. motion controls even though there are plenty of us like you and i who did not experience the same same things right there's enough people uh, that did exactly so i I think it's a necessary i guess you could call it evil i call it convenience yeah well I, i i just think that it's it would be a good compromise to, to the people that didn't play it and it would get I think it would get more people to play Skyward Sword which I think is it would definitely difficult. yeah it would definitely make it I think a little bit more uh, involved or more maybe more difficult to to uh, translate I guess to the switch or just translate to a newer version but I think ultimately it would be to its benefit as opposed to its detriment and I think we've talked about this before in our Skyward Sword HD episode but like I think if you just held down a button and then used your um, when you're holding down that button when you move the when you move the joystick instead of moving Link you move your sword. I think that that could work. So it could. I guess but I, think I guess so- you you'd have to find out a way to maybe move Link at the same time. So yeah, I, you know. absolutely I, I think they do. could do it. But I think they could do it. I um, think also it might it might require some rewiring of the brain because some people are just going to be like, oh, crap, I'm used to moving Link. Now I have to move my sword. Now I have to move Link. Now the sword. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, would be that, weird. That definitely would. Um, this is a cool question. 11. If the 2000s were the decade of Toon Link as the only game not to feature Toon Link after Wind Waker was Twilight Princess and the 2010s were the decade of console remakes... Do you think that there will be a new overarching Zelda theme for the 2020s? Um, yes, I do, and I think that'll be open world. Definitely agree with that. I think Breath of the Wild is definitely the immediate future for Zelda. Um, I don't know how long it will last, but 
certainly at least for the next game, I think. I, I say that we're still playing open world games, Zelda games, like the big new release Zelda games in like 2025. I, I really think we'll that yeah, you'll see I, like that. And that's kind of the current trend of the industry too. Like uh, the, most games nowadays are in some way, shape, or form open world. And you can even argue that Zelda to some degree was open world in a few titles you know, in the past. Like the original Legend of Zelda you could totally consider open world considering you could go wherever you wanted to at any time. But I don't know. It, it's I think it's more than just open world, though. I think it's like that just a specific kind of newness that Breath of the Wild brought to the table. You know, I, you know, we've talked about this before. I don't necessarily agree with all the, the design uh, implementations in Breath of the Wild gameplay wise, but. From a gameplay perspective, Breath of the Wild is absolutely one of the best Zelda games ever. And I think moving forward, they're definitely going to take a lot that they learned from Breath of the Wild and and implement it in the future. All right, let's, uh, let's plow through the rest here. We're on to number 12. Do you want to see the hidden skills from Twilight Princess return? Uh, no. Yeah. No, I, I think that they should just be, like, natural gameplay mechanics, and you shouldn't have to go and find a scroll in order to uh, to do them. Uh, like, some of them, I should say. I think that some of the hidden skills in that game were, were like, kind of lame. But um, for the most part, those are just basic moves that, as combat evolves, should be, you know, part of your standard repertoire. Well, the way that Twilight Princess tried to do it, I think, was more along the lines of like, hey, um, you know, as your character goes through adventuring in, in this world, you know, the more scrolls he's going to come across, the more, you know, wolf statues he's going to go to, howl at, and learn from an ancestral spirit. But I, I don't know that the, the mechanic necessarily doesn't have a place in Zelda. I f- just think that with the way modern games are now, with the way Zelda is moving forward... They would have to do it in a very unique and interesting way. They they absolutely can't do it the same way that they've done it in the past, say in Minish Cap, Wind Waker, or Twilight Princess. Number 13. This is going to be my shortest answer on this entire thing. <laughs> Number 13. Would you like to see a Zelda region based on the real world location, just like the Pokemon games? No. I'd be okay with Link taking selfies in Tokyo. No. Just no. Uh, <laughs> what if, what no. if we made Zelda Snap? It's the sequel to Pokemon Snap, except with Zelda. <laughs> Photograph yeah. all the tingles. Just no. 14. If you could pick <laughs> one music track from the series to replace the main theme, what would it be? Now, I, I challenge the theme. premise of this question, because each game has their own main theme. So... I mean, obviously, well, okay. the Legend of Zelda theme overall, yes, but I wouldn't replace that. Well, see, here's the thing: is like I think that like, okay, let's let's take it from the from the part of like if you had to, and I know you hate that, but let let's but it, let's it just, draw it out. It depends. Bit. It depends on the game. Like it's, I wouldn't have the same. I I wouldn't have the same theme for Twilight Princess as I would for Wind Waker. Those are two completely different tones different moods different games so 
I but challenge... the overarching Legend of Zelda theme is still the same. Well, I, I think that it's just like you can't you can't take any of the music though that was written for that particular game and make it apply to everything else. I just don't think it fits like that. I don't think it works. You don't like that. okay. For the sake of argument, you don't think that the Forest Temple theme could totally be the main theme for Zelda. Like if you had No, if you no, of course it couldn't. Come why not? It's because so, it's specific it's mysterious. It's, yeah, it's it's specific to that temple. It's a mysterious temple that's meant to kind of be surreal and ethereal. And how is that how is that gonna work on like a on an overworld? It's, because it's just, the it doesn't Legend convey of Zelda the same is all about mood. adventure. It's no, no, it's not necessarily about an overworld. That's the thing. It's like when you hear the main. Where theme do you hear the Legend main theme the most? Zelda. Where do you hear it the most? On the overworlds. I mean, yeah, I guess it games. would depend on the game, but, but exactly. I but the point this is, is that you still hear that theme, and it doesn't matter where you hear that theme; you recognize it in an instant as being the Legend of Zelda theme. And no, I say, that, and that I think that answer. you could more, and not just with the forest temple thing. I mean, I think there are a, at least a few others that you could, you could also substitute for that. But I, my answer is the forest temple theme. I would love to hear that as the main theme if, if I had to do. Then, away with the I, main then you kind of, you kind of ruin it though, because then you take it and you over, you overuse it, and it takes away from the power of that one particular moment when you hear it. It's like if you heard, um, Aeris theme. When she, you know, spoilers, anyone that's going to play Final Fantasy 7. But spoilers, when when she dies and her theme plays in that battle, like if that was the main theme that you heard over and over and over and over in the game, it's not as powerful as it is in that one moment is only the kind of point I'm trying to make here. But you do hear it throughout the game. Not really, though. Not after that a whole lot. And in certain, in certain particular scenes where you're trying to convey that same emotion. You know what I mean? I yeah I mean okay, That's okay. Let's I, just I, move can, on. I see where you're coming from I see where you're coming from um here's one that uh, I think that we'll argue even more about number 15 which incarnation of Link has the best hair that's that's a weird question if only because I feel like three quarters of the incarnations of Link have their hair covered up I'm gonna say Maybe it's because it isn't covered up, but I'm going to say Breath of the Wild Link. I know that there's some pretty funky pink hair and stuff like that out there, but uh, Breath of the Wild hair is cool. I like it. Yeah, it would be a toss-up between... You know what? No, you're you're absolutely right. I I think Breath of the Wild is... I think it's the most unique. It's the most... It's the most or it's the best looking rather um like they i i think overall like breath of the wild's character design for link was just really really well done they they didn't miss a beat and his hair frames him perfectly it fits the character and there are a couple of different styles that you can even get in the game too so there you go yeah, yeah. Breath of the wild link he uh I think next game he should have like a little man bun or something. Maybe the, the shave sides on his head. Something like that. Take it to the next level. Um, speaking of, number 16. If Link could text, which emoji would he use the most? <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm gonna play it uh, 
more PG than my original answer is going to be. And just say the triangle emoji. I had a feeling he's got that triforce of courage. Of course, of course. Um, I think closed eyes, smiley face, or the the old XD as we <laughs> we used to call it. Uh, Maybe upside down think... smiley too. Yeah, maybe. For all those times he's um, exploring these mysterious dungeons and a boss drops off the ceiling to attack him, he's just like, oh, here we go again. Maybe the poop smiley when he makes dubious food, who knows. Um, number 17, <laughs> what would Ganon in Termina be like? Uh, probably not very good at all. <laughs> Non-existent? Yeah, I don't know. That's um. That wasn't a fair answer, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird question because, um, you know, that's that's again one of those refreshing times where Ganondorf isn't there to kind of cloud over the story, and uh, it gives a new villain a chance to shine. So, uh, my answer from like an out of game perspective would be not good because um, Ganondorf it would be would be in another game where he didn't need to be, and he would be getting defeated again where he didn't need to be. And my answer from an in-game would be probably not good, because if you have Majora's Mask plus Ganon, that's uh, it's a bad combo right there. Funny, it reminds me of a daily debate I did uh, a few days ago about Majora's Mask and our, our three main characters. I, know, I think Ganon and Termina would be very similar to him in Hyrule. It's just him... Somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, somewhere else and, and doing naughty things, so. Uh, not good. I think that's a good answer. Just to, sure. to leave it at. Um, 18. How much should Zelda sequels borrow from their predecessors? Um, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, like, the, the basics, the fundamentals, um, I, I think are always good what to What we now know is Zelda. Yeah, but I at the same time, I feel like you you take the fundamentals and you expand on them and you make them better. Let's let's, let's talk about Breath of the Wild sequel here for uh, for a second as a, you know, to make this less of a hypothetical. Um I I think that that game should borrow you know, it, it should borrow the same sense of scale. It should borrow a lot of the the same mechanics, it should borrow the same art style, it should borrow the same um it should borrow the same like, like use of, of voice acting and stuff like that, but then like take it to the next level. I think. You know, expand I think everybody. On that idea. I think everybody in the Discord would agree with you on taking the voice acting to another level. Like every time that topic comes up, oh my goodness, that's that's a fun time. I, uh, I think that I, the voice acting was still pretty good. I, I thought it was fine. It, I mean, it wasn't stellar, but it wasn't terrible either. Despite what some people say about Zelda, but I don't know. I, it is what it is, but I think, I think all game series, like they have to borrow from their predecessors in some way, shape or form, maybe not completely, but without, without taking what you, what you didn't learn from before, a, you're taking a really big risk and B, uh, you're not necessarily improving on anything that you've done. So what's the point? So I would say that it should definitely borrow some things, but always improve on it and then always have at least some equally new things. 
I agree with that. Um, so 19, this is an interesting question. If the Oracle games or the Minish Cap were to get remade, should they be in the A Link Between Worlds style of art or the new Link's Awakening style of art? And it's difficult to answer because we haven't really seen Link's Awakening beyond like the the 60 second clip that we saw. So I feel like it's not quite as fair to judge. But um, interesting question though. I, I think that... Uh, I think that... The Oracle games might lend themselves better to A Link Between Worlds, and Minish Cap might lend itself better to Link's Awakening, but what do you think? I agree fundamentally with that, but I don't think that if either of those games are remade, I don't think they should share either of those styles. Um, I, I, I agree. I'm just saying of the of the two. Yeah. Uh, of the yeah. two, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I would go a step further and say that I feel like... You remember the the old manual for for Minish Cap and all like the the official art for for Minish Cap and and that kind of style. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think that style, despite it being very Wind Waker adjacent, is uh, is is fitting for Minish Cap. And I think that if they kind of restyled it a little bit, maybe gave it a little bit of a Link's Awakening flair, like the the remake Link's, Link's Awakening flair, it could work really well. Uh, for the Oracle games, for the Oracle games, I just really like their original art, like the the um, all the official artwork and stuff like that the you found and the strategy guides and the manuals and and all that stuff like that. It just looked really good, and even and the in game cutscenes too. Like, oof, mm-hmm. I that, that was I pretty want, close I to want a that. between worlds, though. It wasn't it wasn't too far off, which is why I kind I think of it's very anime ish. Yeah. Well, see, that's that brings us to to the other point. Is like we just want a Link's Awakening anime already. <laughs> Give us that cartoon. I think like any Zelda cartoon would be absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, I, I guess like this would be a better question for us to answer after Link's Awakening comes out because I'm, comes I'm out, excited yeah. to see because I'm I'm playing through Link's Awakening right now and I'm really excited to see them redo this world. I think it's going to be really great. Um, but that brings us to our last question, number 20. Is Ocarina of Time the saddest Zelda game? Damn. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so either. I think I feel like we probably have the same answer, though. Um, The saddest? I think that's actually kind of a tough question because it really depends on... You know, every, everybody's definition of, of sad, like, because there's a difference between sad and bittersweet, you know what I mean? And I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of the, the darker Zelda games have, like, very bittersweet endings, like Twilight Princess. Um, that was a, it was a fairly dark-ish game, and it was a very oppressive kind of uh, aesthetic and theme. And I think throughout the world, okay. as it tried to emulate Majora's Mask, it, um, I don't know, it, it tried to go for sad, but it ended up bittersweet because of the whole Midna thing, and then Link winning, and Zant being a, a puppet, but then he is not when he snaps Ganon's neck. I don't know, it's weird. Okay. What would you say? Uh, I guess we don't have the same answer. I would say... To go back to what we were just talking about, Link's Awakening. Um, I yeah. think that I think it takes the cake by like by a bit. Uh, you know, I was kind of tempted to say Majora's Mask, um, but I 
didn't because in the end, I, I think that things more or less turn out okay. But like in Link's Awakening, it is it's bittersweet and it's sad because you you wake up the windfish and you get off of the island. But uh, you know it, it's just like you you've met. You know, you've met, like, Richard the Frog Guy. You've met Marin and Terran. You've met uh, all the animals in Animal Village. And, like, the all, all these guys have just disappeared into absolute nothingness. Except for maybe, you know, Marin who turned into a seagull. And it's like... that. It made me sad to do that. Like, I, I don't know. If I, if I were there, maybe I would have just spent the rest of my days on that island instead. I, I don't know. But it's it made me sad to do it. It's going to make me sad when I finish this game again in uh, the next couple days here. And yeah, that, I think that that was um, bittersweet and sad at the same time. I don't see, I don't think that, um, I don't think that you can really say that someone who view, I, I guess I agree with you fundamentally. I think absolutely the links awakening being the originator and, uh, the the darkest of dark times was the saddest but i think that anybody who says majora's mask wouldn't necessarily be wrong considering majora's mask according to the new new canon is pretty much just link's awakening 2.0 yeah i i think that there's plenty of moments in majora's mask where you can make that argument and you know what there's plenty of moments in ocarina of time where you could make that argument too to be fair. True, but like the oh, the i mean i guess, especially if we're talking about the downfall timeline right but I think ultimately Ocarina of Time ends on a much better note than actually many Zelda games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there are some very, very sad moments in Skyward Sword. Oh. Very sad. But I feel like Lord. they're just moments, because that game actually ends, like, quite quite nicely. Yeah, yeah it's very like, bright when and they're cheerful happening, throughout it's just like, most oof. of it, too. Yeah, it's a gut punch. Um, it really hits you with the feels. So yeah, there. Way to way to send us out on a sad note, Taylor. I, you know what? I have to cure these questions very, very carefully and specifically so that you are as mad as possible or as sad as possible when you leave the show. Uh, well, that that has worked. It's uh, it's definitely I'm feeling sniffly, but I'm gonna go and play Link's Awakening as soon as we're done here. So I guess I can't be that sad. Um, but that's gonna do it for us. So uh, weigh in. What do you think about some of our answers? What do you think? What would your answers be? Uh, we want to know, man. We want to know. Um, so, yeah, that's going to do it for us for this week. We're going to be back next week with Side Quest Week. And then after that, it's our E3 predictions. After that, we're hoping that Cadence of Hyrule has finally come out. And uh, then it's E3. And we are going to be off to the races. We'll have a whole schwack load of new information, I'm sure, about Link's Awakening. Um and anything else Nintendo related from there. So it's going to be uh, an exciting couple of weeks here on the podcast. And I can't wait. Same. So there it is. Thank you for listening, guys. Uh, make sure you head over to SoundCloud and iTunes and like, subscribe, comment, all of that good stuff. Uh, check us out on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Taylor is at GIF underscore Bluehawk. That's it. We're out. We will see you uh, next week. Make sure you see Detective Pikachu.